Welcome to Adult Bedtime Stories. Are you ready to experience nocturnal emissions? Join us in a sex-positive awakening adventure to help create a sex-positive world. Become part of a movement and start living a sex-positive lifestyle free of sexual shame and guilt. Adult Bedtime Stories is a Raven Slayer production. Adult Bedtime Stories is a show dedicated to bringing sacredness back to our sexuality and to learn about everything sexual. Allow the beautiful sexy creature within you to emerge. Each week the focus of the show will be on a different sexual topic designed to enlighten you so you develop more fully as a sexual being. This is a sex education that you didn't receive in high school but should have. Imagine for a moment that we could change the world and live a sex-positive lifestyle. In our sex-negative world, the process of socialization teaches us to feel shame and guilt around sex. By adopting a new set of attitudes and values around sex, we can view sex with a new understanding, which is accompanied with positive emotions and the attitude that sex is a sacred act. I am Mighty Boy Chi-Chi, a sex expert a life coach, and a sacred harlot. My life vision is to create a sex-positive world through adult education and BDSM performance art. Hello and welcome. You're listening to another edition of Adult Bedtime Stories. I'm Lady Boy Gigi, and I have Paul with me tonight. Hey, guys. <laughs> Before we get into tonight's topic, I would like to apologize for being so late for the release of our show. Things have been complex. We got up to Colorado and found that the cabin had no running water. The heater was broken, and the water heater was broken. So we had to have all that fixed. So the last week, we've been sitting in front of the fireplace, keeping warm, and didn't really have a good place to do any editing or working on the show. I would like to get back to our topic. And tonight, our topic is on loving ourselves. It's all about making love to ourselves and taking good care of ourselves. I know that as a sex coach, one of the things we really pay attention to is extreme self-care. And, and it's really important if we burn ourselves out or aren't really good to ourselves, then things can drag down. But anything you want to talk about on the topic 
Yeah. So one of the reasons I wanted to do this subject tonight is because in alternative communities and kink communities, it's very common for people to come with a lot of baggage. A lot of times people who are attracted to this lifestyle come from very different, like neurodiverse backgrounds. And a lot of times there's a lot of shame wrapped around various different kinks. And I think that it is very, very important to ground yourself in self-love and self-care. And that's love of your body, love of your brain and your personality. And I know a lot of people struggle with that. I know that I've struggled with a lot of issues around inadequacy and abandonment issues and things like that. And it's been quite a journey for me to really, really love myself deeply. And I do love myself deeply. And I think it's something that we owe to ourselves. And I I think that once you overcome some of those issues, you are able to be a much better partner. And whether that's a kink partner or a romantic partner or any other kind of partner, like you need to love yourself first before you can really expect other people to love you. Mm-hmm. And I know for me, oftentimes I'll take my time when I make love to myself and I'll do all the things that I would do for a partner, but do it for myself. Mm-hmm. And often we neglect that part of masturbation. Often it's just a quickie. We don't take enough time sometimes to pleasure our bodies. Each morning I do my morning affirmations, my erotic morning affirmations, where I stroke myself and touch my entire body and really make love to myself and then i take do my affirmations so i have them on my phone i hit play and as i continue to pleasure myself and i find it's a good way to start my day to feel the sex energy rising in my body and getting in tune with my sexual body And I want to clarify one thing real quick. I know just a minute earlier I said that you have to love yourself before you can expect anyone else to love yourself. But that doesn't mean that you have to be all the way good at it before you can accept love from another person. And sometimes it's easier to love yourself when you have someone who cares about you. But I I do think that it's important to look within for internal validation rather than only relying on external validation. And I know here in America, 
we had the Puritan work ethic. And it's so ingrained in so many of us that, oh, you can't just take time to pleasure yourself. That's not productive. <laughs> and sex, I see, gets put on the back burner real quickly when we get really busy with life and careers and education and all kinds of things. And one of the things I figured out was that I just need to schedule time for myself and do it daily because it does make a big change in how you see life. Mm -hmm. I know that when I raise that sex energy, it's releasing all those good chemicals in my body. I feel so good and and it really helps me become more mindful throughout the day. It's not just during self-pleasuring that I'm mindful. I become more fully present and in the moment. And it kind of works. I think part of it's just the release of some of those chemicals helps us become more focused on the present and not worried about the future or dwelling on the past and i used to do that a lot but now with the affirmations and raising that sex energy it has so many benefits yeah one thing that i do think is important if you're dealing with for me it was issues of inadequacy and abandonment issues but if you're dealing with anything in particular that is taking a toll on your mental health, I, I think that finding a good therapist is very, very important. And it's important to kind of shop around for a therapist when you do. A lot of times people have bad experiences because they find one or two therapists and they're not a good fit. And I think that finding the therapist that works for you is very, very important. And if you're into BDSM, if you're queer, mm -hmm. if you're trans, it is important to find a therapist that affirms like all the different ways that you are, that's not going to blame whatever problem that you're having on your queerness or your transness or the fact that you're in a BDSM relationship. And like, luckily we live in an age of the internet where you can specifically look up kink-friendly therapists and queer-friendly therapists. And I also think that uh, a good option is talking with your friends and seeing what therapists they see and uh, getting recommendations from friends. Mm -hmm. And while we're on the topic of therapists, mm -hmm. I know in a lot of, the, of large cities there is GLBT uh, centers and often they offer services like counseling and a whole wide range of services mm -hmm. actually. So you don't have to do it on your own. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you can get some help if you need it. Mm -hmm. Another good 
resource that <clears throat> you can find at a lot of LGBTQIA uh, like community centers is uh, support groups. And support groups can be another very, very positive thing, especially if you are a sexual abuse survivor or a physical abuse survivor or just finding a support group for trans people in, in your community or I know that there was even like a poly support group. There's all sorts of different support groups and that's another good resource because a lot of times we feel so alone with the problems that we're going through, but there are other people that are dealing with the same thing that you're dealing with and you aren't alone. And it's important to remember that. And one of the other things that I do, I'm a member of many alternative communities, mm -hmm. pagan communities, BDSM groups, uh, let's see, Burner. Burning, Burning Man communities, mm -hmm. art communities, mm -hmm. and it really it has become my family of choice. Mm -hmm. I know that when I came out, my family pretty much disowned me, and I haven't talked to anybody in the family in oh long time, mm -hmm. <laughs> probably going on twenty years now. Mm -hmm. But I talk, I do have my alternative. <laughs> family of choice and that can be a real support system oh in the bisexual community mm -hmm. i'm very act still very active in the bi community nationally we just got back involved with it and i think that having that kindred spirits in a whole wide range of areas because i'm kinky i'm bisexual, um, mm -hmm. <laughs> many different things that are kind of taboo in our culture. Mm -hmm. And I'm very into the pagan thing. Mm -hmm. I'm a sacred harlot. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I love helping people and healing people sexually on a psychosexual level. Mm -hmm. And that can be such a amazing journey mm -hmm. to go on if that's your calling. Mm -hmm. But just being a part of some of these communities can really give you that connection mm -hmm. with others. And it's an amazing part of self-care, I think, is mm -hmm. finding kindred spirits that are similar to you. Mm -hmm. And I know that there was a time in my life that if someone were to ask me what were the things I liked about myself, I wouldn't have a whole lot that I would have been able to, to tell them. But one of the things that I found helpful that worked really well for me was I developed a, a friend group that cared about me and I knew that I couldn't see a whole lot in myself, but I knew that they did. And so I started asking people what they saw in me. And 
I trusted them when when they told me the things they assigned. And it really, really helped a lot. And I I had to spend a lot of time healing. And sometimes I would like close myself off and like spiral for a little bit. But then I'd I'd reach back out. And sometimes I felt better, sometimes I felt worse. Worse, But I kept on reaching back out to the people that I trusted and cared about and listening to them. And I found a lot of strength in being a, a caring person. I started taking care of people. I think that's one of the things that got me on the the path of being a, a service submissive because I found a lot of meaning in taking care of other people. And the more that I did that, the better I felt about myself. And once I started the process of learning to like myself, I really, really blossomed and I grew in a lot of ways and I, I learned a lot of things. For a time, I, um, when I was depressed, I took up hula hooping and got really, really into it and felt really, really talented and started to impress myself and impress other people. So if you're having trouble finding a lot of self-worth, uh, it might be a good idea to take up a hobby uh, that you can pour yourself into. And we all manufacture our own meaning in life. You know, uh, if you ask a hundred people what the meaning of life is, you're going to get 200 different answers. And really the meaning of life is the meaning that you put into it. So at a certain point, you can just manufacture meaning. And I found that finding something that I could pour myself into and and feel myself like progressing and growing really, really did a lot to make me feel better about myself. Mm-hmm. And I know that another area that I've worked on is my sexuality mm-hmm. and doing my sex muscle exercises daily and doing a lot of self-pleasuring mm-hmm. really turned things around for me in a big way, mm-hmm. but also checking out my mind talk because mm-hmm. I used to have really negative mind talk. The things I told myself was really from my past, from my childhood. Mm-hmm. And especially if you're a little bit different, you get a lot of negative mind talk from bad childhood experiences. Mm-hmm. And I had to start questioning that and checking it out and saying, is this really true about me? Is it true that I can, I'm going to always fail? Mm-hmm. And I realized no. And it took me a while for 
many months when I first started on this journey, I had a friend tell me, when you get up in the morning, look in the mirror and say, Gigi, I love you. And that was so powerful. Even though at first I felt silly doing it, I did it every morning. Mm-hmm. And it really made a big, huge change in my life. I started loving myself more. And the things we tell ourselves really are self-fulfilling prophecies. And it takes reprogramming our mind talk mm-hmm. and saying, okay, I'm going to play this game a little differently. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm going to check it out and really start loving myself and doing the things that will help me love myself better. Mm-hmm. And by saying, I love you, Gigi, in the mirror every morning, at first I, it felt silly and I didn't really believe it, but over time, all of a sudden I started loving myself at a deeper level. Mm-hmm. And it's not a thing that's vain or... Uh, uh, what's the word, Uh, narcissistic. Mm -hmm. It really is having a deep, profound love for yourself Mm -hmm. and caring about yourself. (laughs) Yeah, and I find a lot of times, and one of the things I've had to do to really address a lot of the trauma I had from growing up is going within and so a lot of times when we're growing up especially if you have a traumatic background when you're young you set up these coping mechanisms and they can work for a while but those coping mechanisms don't stop functioning as you grow up just because you're not using them anymore. And a lot of times those coping mechanisms like really played tricks on you and they're still like working in the background and it kind of becomes toxic in a way. And one of the things I've had to do to address some of those coping mechanisms is go within and find the child inside of me that set up those coping mechanisms and just sit and listen. But a lot of times when we're dealing with those coping mechanisms, we kind of lash out at ourselves and we get angry at ourselves. And when you're doing that, you're basically lashing out at the child within you that set up those coping mechanisms. And if you were trying to comfort a hurt scared child like how would you approach that person when it's someone else you would do it with care and with gentleness and with understanding but when you're the one that you're focused on a lot of times we lash out and we get angry and we beat ourselves up over it and it it doesn't really help anything. It only hurts you in the long run. So a lot of times I'll go and I'll find the child within and I'll sit down with that scared, hurt child and I will listen to them and I will be there for them. And 
it feels kind of silly to do it first, but I have a dialogue back and forth where I'm both sides of the conversation. And it has done me so much good and so much help to have those internal monologues with myself. And I've been able to make a lot more peace with that inner child. And I think that's helped me pretty immensely. I think another area that helps too is I developed the body image healing training, which is amazing because it's stuff I've practiced in my life because I felt like I didn't like my body when I was younger. I thought I was too skinny. I thought, oh, I'm not attractive. I'm not good enough. And by changing a few things, it really transformed my life. It turned it around. I started feeling more beautiful. In fact, when I put up a big mirror next to my bed so I can watch myself as I masturbate and play with my body and and often I'll be playing with it and I'll go, damn, you're sexy, gorgeous. <laughs> you have a beautiful cock. <laughs> and by doing that, it really transformed how I felt about myself. And as I started feeling more attractive and more confident, I started getting laid a whole lot more. <laughs> because I felt more beautiful and worthy of good sex. Mm-hmm. And I love having sex with people. It's amazing. I also love doing it by myself. Mm-hmm. Solo sex can be amazingly good, and I throw in some tantric practices and do some deep breathing work, breath work, and do the things that will take me to amazing pleasures mm-hmm. of the flesh, and it's so good. <laughs> and I know for me, that was a very healing part. When I, I mean, I was a minister's son. I was taught that masturbation sinful. Even very young, I didn't exactly feel guilty, but or part of me did about masturbating. And it took me a while to come to terms with it and realize, okay, I have a beautiful body and it's built and designed to give and receive pleasure. And if you're struggling with guilt or shame around sex, take some time to really get to know your sexual body, explore your sexual body, and become in tune with it. And really take the time to look at yourself with a different eye. Mm -hmm. See yourself as really beautiful and One of the things that I really appreciate about my body is how well it functions sexually Mm -hmm. and how good it feels. And and we don't just have sexual energy. We can generate it. Mm -hmm. And it takes practice. It takes doing it. 
one of the things that really stood out for me during my morning routine is, and I've been getting more and more into anal pleasures lately, just feeling the, I, I kind of think of the anus as the pathway to the emotional sex. And it's like, as I raise that anal energy, it really brings forth some powerful emotions and can really be a healing journey for me. And I have done a lot of healing, and it's like amazingly good to really. I think there is a power in naming. And when we can name something and really get a deeper feel for it, it empowers us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think one of the things that really helped me out a lot, I've always had some amount of social anxiety Uh, sometimes i'm better at hiding it than others Uh, i honestly used to be really really good at hiding it but um, one of the things that was a very important realization for me was coming to like look around at the people that i knew that i thought were impressive people that i was really wanting to emulate and realizing that pretty much all of the people that I thought were really, really impressive, I I looked at and I was like, oh, I want to be like that person. I started paying attention to the struggles that they went through and realizing that pretty much all of them dealt with different struggles a lot of them dealt with uh, self-esteem issues and social anxiety and neurospiciness and uh, some of them dealt with anger issues some of them dealt with uh, like body positivity issues and realizing that all of these people that i thought were amazing, beautiful, sexy, wonderful people had those same anxieties that I did. It made me realize that those anxieties don't have to define me and that I really was in good company. Uh, When the pandemic happened and we were doing social distancing, I was here with Gigi, and since Gigi was in a higher risk category, we really didn't see a lot of people at all. And so I got out of the habit of being a social person and and really spending time with a lot of people. And when I started getting back out there and re-socializing, I had to train myself all over again how not to feel like I feel awkward around most people, but I had to relearn how to not be awkward about the fact that I feel awkward. I know one thing that helped me a lot about that 
awkward feeling mm -hmm. is becoming authentic within ourselves mm -hmm. and really coming from the heart. Mm -hmm. I know that oftentimes being dyslexic and ADHD, my social skills mm -hmm. weren't always the best. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I was kind of awkward socially. Mm -hmm. It took some counseling and some really work. And I, now I have a mentor that I call once a week and we chat for sometimes it's 20 minutes, sometimes it's an hour, because mm -hmm. <laughs> whatever is needed. But it really helps to have someone that you look up to and ask this person, can you be my mentor? <laughs> mm -hmm. And she said yes. And it was very powerful to have a mentor. And I've had other mentors in the past. Mm -hmm. They can really help you, but you have to become vulnerable and open and sharing about things that you don't normally share with people. Mm -hmm. And we talked a lot about some of the things that it feels a little scary to be a leader sometimes. Mm -hmm. And that was a big help to really get into some of the facing some of these fears mm -hmm. and overcoming some of these fears. Mm -hmm. And once I started facing fears, I realized the hardest part was the first step. Mm -hmm. Usually once I finally made the decision to face the fear, mm -hmm. it wasn't that bad. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And like one of the things that I think can be a big problem for people is the idea that they have to do things perfectly and if they don't nail it like when the first time they try that somehow that makes you a failure and there's this concept with with a lot of things to get to the the point where you're 80 percent at like the peak of whatever you attempt to do to get to 80% takes about only 20% of the effort. And then to get to be 100%, like f going from like 80% to 100%, that takes about 80% of the effort. So if you, with when you are trying something, especially if it's something that you're new to or you've only done a few times. Shoot for making it 80% of the way there. You will expend less effort and you will have more energy to do more things. And I've seen people use this to ex extremely, extremely like positive results. And it's something I, I shoot for in my life. Mm -hmm. Oh my, the time is flown by. We're already to station break. Mm -hmm. And I would like to remind people that on my website, we are doing a free webinar each week. And right now we're about to go into 
the BDSM Basics Training Program and learning some BDSM skills, whether you're DOM or SUB or SWITCH. It's a very powerful healing experience to get into BDSM, or it was for me. Mm -hmm. And I know it has been for you, Paul. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And learning the skills to do role-playing scenes can be a very powerful thing. Mm -hmm. And my website, it's ravenslayerleather.com. We have a sign-up page for the webinars. It's on the videos training tab. And you can sign up for it. Mm-hmm. And we do it on Zoom. And I show a brief training film, and then we discuss it and get into any questions, answers, comments. And then we practice some of the skills. It can be very powerful to meet other people that are into some of the same things you're into mm-hmm. by attending these webinars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even though it's virtual, it's still very powerful training. Yeah. Anything you want to add to station break? Yeah. One way that you can support us is by visiting our Patreon page. It is patreon.com forward slash ladyboygigi and your donations help us to to keep the show going and help us be able to bring you all of this positive sex education whatever you're able to donate really would help a lot so that's patreon.com forward slash ladyboygigi And I do put the links to these websites in the description each time, Mm -hmm. each show. So if you don't remember it, just look at the show description and you can click Mm -hmm. on the link. I think the other website I have that might be helpful for some is I do sex coaching. Mm -hmm. I am a certified sexologist. Even if you just have some questions... Mm -hmm. You can go to my website for sex coaching. It's uh, ggwilber.com. And basically, there's I've heard it all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've been running Sex Temple for over 25 years. Mm-hmm. There isn't a question that I would feel awkward about. Mm-hmm. Every question's legitimate. So if you have a question about sex, Feel free to pop it to me. Mm-hmm. You can email me. My email address is admin at ggwilber.com. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For years, Minky Couture has been donating blankets to Nick Hughes across the country. Owner Sandy Henry's grandson was born at 30 weeks, and she placed a mini blanket in her grandson's incubator. We want to help other NICU families with the Heart of Minky program. For every adult-sized blanket purchased, Minky Couture will donate a mini-sized blanket to NICUs across the nation. Thanks to you, we can fulfill our dream to blanket the world.
It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. With Starbucks Holiday Blend for Nespresso Virtuo, now exclusively at Target, there are even more ways to share the joy. Savor every smooth and festive sip all holiday season with friends and family at home to fill every indulgent day with cheer. Now, back to our topic. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that you kind of hinted at that's mm-hmm. a biggie for a lot of people is imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. And it's often, I went through some of that thinking, oh, am I really qualified for this? Mm-hmm. And one of the things I came across at one point was to be an expert, considered an expert in a certain field, all you need to really know is 20% more than what other people know. Mm-hmm. You don't need to know 100%. Mm-hmm. You just are well-versed in a certain area, then you are the expert. Mm-hmm. And even experts are constantly studying and learning more. Mm-hmm. I'm constantly reading about sexuality, and even though I'm pretty well-versed in sex mm-hmm. <laughs> and no anatomy and no BDSM, these are things that I'm still learning. Mm-hmm. It's not like I'm all the way there yet, mm-hmm. but I'm pretty damn good at what I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so to be an expert or to be qualified, mm-hmm. to, it doesn't always necessarily take an education. Sometimes just experience mm-hmm. can be enough. Mm-hmm. If you know more than about 20% more than your peers, mm-hmm. then you're qualified. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I also think one of the reasons why I wanted to bring up this topic and why I think it's really important is because one of the pitfalls I've seen a lot of people run into this is particularly true for subs, is if you have a a like poor self-image and a poor self-worth, uh, you are more likely to get into an abusive dynamic, uh, which can be really, really bad in BDSM. Uh, even if you are a sub, even if you are the kind of sub that really likes to put the needs of your partner ahead of your own, I don't think you should ever fully put the needs of your partner ahead of your own, no matter like what level of sub you are, uh, even if it's a 24-7 uh, situation. I think that you should still put 
your own needs uh, make them a priority and just because you're a sub you still have the right to enjoy what's happening with you you still have agency over your body you still get to make decisions about like what happens to you and you might think that you are being a really good sub by letting someone do things that they enjoy but if you're not enjoying it you really run the risk of getting into a situation that you can't get out of and it can get really really bad i've seen a lot of really bad dynamics and i think that's one of the reasons why it's important to cultivate self-love and self-caring so that you don't wind up in those situations because no matter how unlovable you feel there are people who care about you and if anything bad were to happen to you there are more people than you would think that would feel really bad so like even if you can't find it in yourself to do it for yourself do it for the other people who care about you and love you and try to avoid those uh, negative uh, dynamics another area that i think really helps me is the spiritual side doing meditations and i do even pagan rituals that can be very amazing and powerful there is a power in naming and sometimes just naming something and setting intentions can be a very powerful part of our lives i know i do meditations pretty regularly i used to do it daily but now i do it most days but not every day <laughs> but it does help it gives the mind time to really travel and journey where it needs to go yeah and i think that a lot of times when you feel conflicted about something or you kind of feel like you've like hit a brick wall with something or you feel a lot of times we beat ourselves up for past actions i think those are like really important times to take a moment and breathe and meditate and sometimes you just got to let go of things for a little while to kind of like readjust and like when like you are having computer problems turn it off and turn it back on again and like taking that time to take that beat take some breaths and meditate for a little bit and empty your mind and a lot of times if you get into the process of doing this especially if you do it daily or even 
regularly a few times a week. I think that a lot of times it really helps with clarity. It really helps with self-forgiveness. It really helps with kind of because like when we dwell on negative thoughts, what we're doing is we're creating neuro pathways that the more that we focus on those things, the stronger we're making the neural pathway, and the more likely it is to fall into those negative thoughts. So when you feel yourself spiraling and you stop and you breathe and you let go of it, you are weakening those neural pathways that lead to the, the negative thought patterns. And I'd like to add that Oftentimes, if you're starting to spiral down, start thinking about some of your successes in the past. Mm -hmm. And remember those that, hey, I excelled at mm -hmm. X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I became the best me that I can be mm -hmm. at that point in time. Mm -hmm. And often... It's a matter of focus. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes, if we refocus mm -hmm. on some positive things about ourselves, mm -hmm. that can really set up a stage for success. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, having a good idea of like what the emotion that you're feeling that is negative is and how it is affecting you really, really helps a lot because I know for me, I have a weird time uh, having a hard time knowing how I'm feeling at any given moment unless I actively like check in with myself and talk to myself. Is the feeling that I'm feeling right now shame? Is it anger? Is it, do I feel lonely? Do I feel uh, sad? Do I feel conflicted? And having a, a clear idea of what that feeling is gives me a good idea of how to approach it. And I, I find for myself, I actively have to like really explore what those feelings are because I might know that I'm not feeling great but is it that I'm tired? Is it that I'm anxious? Is it that I'm angry? Is it that I feel bad about something I did yesterday? Is it that I feel bad about something I did when I was 14? Really taking the time to, to explore those things. Because like a lot of times you might assume that you're feeling negative for one one thing, but it's actually a mask for a different feeling that is deeper than that, that you aren't really aware of initially. Oftentimes, when I start getting into that spiraling thought pattern, just telling myself, stop. Mm -hmm take a few deep breaths 
And as I said before, sometimes it's a matter of focus. Sometimes it's refocusing on, and it's not denying it, live with it for a little while Mm -hmm. if you need to. But then change the pattern Mm -hmm. and refocus on something that's really good about yourself. Mm -hmm. And it's not to deny the bad things about myself. But we can choose, do we want to be all caught up in this, or do we want to step out of the cycle and do something different? Mm -hmm. And oftentimes, I'll step out of the cycle and say, okay, let me think about one of the areas of my life that was amazing. Mm -hmm. And I'll replay it in my mind, and all of a sudden, i just switch the whole feeling. Mm-hmm. And that's after I've given myself time to kind of say, okay, I'll give myself a few minutes to dwell on this. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to change it because mm-hmm. I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> and depending on how big the feeling is and how how much it's there, because you don't want to run away from your negative feelings because that can be just as bad like when i do my check-in like i will start by saying like okay how do i feel right now i feel anxious why do i feel anxious right now well i feel anxious because i think i had a weird interaction with such and such Uh, is there anything behind that well i feel like i've had weird interactions with this person a few times Uh, why do i keep on having weird interactions with them well i'm attracted to them i don't think they're attracted to me and i don't really know how to handle that feeling right now and i go back and forth and then once i think that i've gotten to the bottom of like whatever i'm feeling i can be like okay i'm going to sit with these feelings for for a while for me i do i generally do more than a few minutes i'll do i'll sit with those feelings for an hour sometimes if they're really really big feeling i'll sit with it for an evening but i know that it's temporary and i don't try to chase the feeling away i don't try to change the feeling but i also try not to let myself dwell in the feeling i i try not to let it go deeper than it is in that moment i just sit there and like be with it and a lot of times i picture myself like i'll sit very still and i'll just lay and i'll be calm and like i'm kind of like talking myself through it as i'm going through it and like these feelings feel awkward to me i feel uncomfortable and that's okay It's okay to feel uncomfortable. It's okay to feel the way that I'm feeling right now. 
and then breathe, and then breathe, and then just sitting in that moment. And, and it then, sounds like you're acknowledging the feeling. Mm-hmm. And it takes time. Feelings take time to process. Mm-hmm. And acknowledgement can be a very powerful tool. Mm-hmm. Just saying, okay, you're there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And a lot of times I'll be like, and that's okay. And mm-hmm. I'm okay. It's okay to feel this way. My feelings are valid. But also knowing when, like sometimes it is valid to feel that way and that is not, because sometimes the feeling is something that is like jealousy and like it is okay to feel that jealousy. But a lot of times it's something that I need to change in myself because like I, I think that it's okay to have that jealous feeling, but it's also not something that I want to remain as a part of who I am. And like, it's okay that I'm feeling this. And And I would like to say that feelings have no good or bad. It's mm -hmm. what we do with the feelings, Mm -hmm. how we react or act with Mm -hmm. the feelings. And I tend to take a proactive approach. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like in the past, there's times when I got really angry Mm -hmm. because our school system is Mm -hmm. really screwed up. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And being dyslexic and ADHD and trying to get through our school system, it was hell at times. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I got very angry. Now, what I did with the anger, instead of flashing out, Mm -hmm. I became proactive. Yeah. And I started a support group on campus for dyslexics and ADHD students. Mm-hmm. And it was the anger that helped give me that energy to mm-hmm. make that push to really reach out to people. Mm-hmm. It's what we do with our feelings that's good or bad, not mm-hmm. the feelings themselves. Yeah. And also, feelings aren't permanent. Like, to go with the, the jealous example, when I was newer to polyamory, and I've felt it rear its ugly head from time to time, I can sit in the feeling of jealousy and realize that my partners have, have not done anything wrong. Like, it is okay that I feel this, and yet I don't think that there's anything anyone needs to change. So I'm going to sit in this feeling. And that doesn't mean that just because I am okay with this feeling that I'm feeling right now doesn't mean that this feeling is going to last. And it didn't. Pretty much every time I had those negative feelings come up, I was able to sit and process my feelings. And then the next time something like that happened, I wouldn't feel the same intense jealousy. But I think that's because I took the time to sit there with my feelings and process them. And most of the time, I or I would talk with my partner about it, like afterwards, after I had taken some time to process those feelings on my own. And I would 
generally talk with my partner and a lot of times their partner and, you know, talk about like what I was feeling and the things that brought it about. And sometimes it'd be something that like maybe they could change a behavior and it would make me feel comfortable, more comfortable. But a lot of times it was things that I had to get past and overcome in myself. But that's a good example of a time where I sat with a feeling and I knew that I didn't want to to dwell on that feeling, but I also didn't want to ignore it or just try to push it away or anything like that, because that would not have been healthy either. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I discovered is that things like jealousy and around it really kind of comes from this culturation that centers around monogamy mm-hmm. if a partner sleeps with another person it means that they're going to leave me mm-hmm. because they're cheating mm-hmm. and there's this whole package wrapped around all this mm-hmm. and when i realized that okay this person loves me they love other people too and it's not the monogamy box we're in polyamory world (laughs) and i think that realization helped me so much Mm -hmm. to really experience something that was beautiful having my partner make love with other people and then come home and tell me about it Mm -hmm. having that open communication at first, it was a lot difficult, but one because it was unfamiliar. Mm-hmm. But once we started practicing it mm-hmm. actively, it became much more familiar and a lot easier to have those discussions. Yeah, uh, but like one of the things that as you deal with negative feelings inside of yourself, negative emotions. Understand that emotions are complex and it's okay for them to be complex. And I think a lot of time there is a natural urge to kind of flatten those like complex feelings and complex thoughts and and simplify them Uh, and i think sometimes that flattening is where we find problems so i think that's one of the reasons why i think that for me like sometimes sitting with the feeling for quite a while but not uh, not like not pushing it and spiraling and going further into the feeling or trying to run away from it either but just sitting and being still in the moment with that feeling and just letting it like really sink in so that you can be aware of the exact thing that you're feeling and that way you you know it 
I I think that's really, really important and it can be very, very difficult, but it gets easier with practice. Mm -hmm. Oh my, we're to the top of the hour. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Any last takeaways or Mm -hmm. things that really stand out for you, Paul? Uh, So I think that for me, one of the big ways that I really, really got better at loving myself was through loving other people deeply and profoundly and trying to develop a, a, a like a big, a, like, develop empathy for as as many people as I possibly could and when I got better at loving other people I eventually found it much easier to love myself and if you are struggling with self-love I think that focusing on loving first the people in your life, those that are close to you, and then strangers that are low stakes that don't like really affect your life, and then expanding from there is one of the best techniques I have found for a path towards self-love and it's not always easy and some days will be easier than others and one other thing that i should say is if you wind up going into a dark place sometimes you'll be doing really really well for a while and then all of a sudden several things will hit you all at once and it feels like you're all the way back to the beginning but you're not but it can feel like that sometimes and all you can do is just keep putting one foot in front of another and keep on trying and keep on working at it and it does eventually get a lot easier i think for me One of my big takeaways with self-love is to be good to myself. I had a friend one time say, you've got a lot of negative mind talk, I can tell. You're so hard on yourself. And I discovered that by really loving myself and doing some self-care, Help me become more productive and have a better life. Because when I hated myself, when I hated who I was, I was like in such a negative space. And once I started embracing turning my life around, it really made me a better person and 
I was able to help other people and myself. It wasn't a zero-sum game. It was a positive approach. It really took me to good places. And I know that I've healed so many people. Well, actually, I've given them the tools to heal themselves, but I've helped so many people discover a whole new way in life that is positive. And that's partly why we do this show, is to help people reevaluate, hey, how can I be the best me, the most amazing me? And I think it starts with self-love. Well, have a good night. Enjoy those nocturnal emissions. Ooh, baby emissions. (laughs) Enjoy those pleasures of the flesh. Be good to yourself. Take yourself to some amazing sexual experiences. Love yourself and do it with joy and bliss and ecstasy. Have a good night. Good night. I find it interesting that adults in our culture are not provided with informative sexual education. Even married couples don't have access to an adequate sexual education and how to pleasure each other. It's assumed that somehow we will instinctively know all that we need to know about sex. I don't know how you feel about this, but I think there's a better method. I would like to invite you to join me in developing a sex-positive lifestyle with freedom of sexual expression between consenting adults. Join us each week to learn everything sexual. Add your comments about the show and any suggestions you have for future show topics. We would love to hear from you. Be sure to subscribe to the show so you won't miss any episodes. This concludes this edition of Adult Bedtime Stories. Are you ready to experience nocturnal emissions? Sex is the final frontier. So explore everything sexual.